there anybody out there listening? Does anybody know my name? No, my friend, I wasn't there. And here and you care. <laughs> At least you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I just can't remember the words. Amazing, great, beautiful, loved. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I am blessed, favored, loved, rich, wealthy. Come on, rich and wealthy, huh? And just, I'm just amazing, man. Yeah, you are. You know, sometimes you got to talk to yourself like that. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you better sing. <laughs> but yes, I'm great. I actually don't have any complaints. Yeah, me neither. And I am good. And sometimes I do talk to myself like that. I be like, Janae, you're beautiful. Yeah, do you cuss yourself out? No, I don't actually. I be like, now girl, what was you thinking? Mm-hmm. But I don't cuss myself out. Mm. I speak kind of nicely to myself. Mm-hmm. I do too, but sometimes she won't be listening. Yeah. So I have to talk to her rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very honest with myself, but I I, I speak um, I speak sweetly to myself. Mm. Is that what she needs? Yeah, and okay. that's how I want to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. Well, know, yeah, by I don't, others. Yeah, I, now I'm the only person that can talk to me like right. that. You know. <laughs> Can't nobody yeah. else do that, so. I think that's important. This is so random, but hey, we're here. But I saw this, um, I don't know if it was a quote or something on social media, but it was talking for single people about mm-hmm. how you should treat yourself and speak to yourself because, you know, you're treating yourself how you want someone, mm-hmm. a, your significant other I agree. to treat you. And so I do that. I take myself on dates. Yes. You know? I go get my nails done faithfully. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why not? But why not? Mm-hmm. Being so, single, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being single and enjoying Mm-mm. yourself. Mm-mm. Not, not at all. And I believe in that. I enjoy me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm good. I'm chilling. How's your week been? Um, it Things are busy. We are in the latter part of 2020. And normally the latter part of the year gets very busy in my world. So work-wise... And then I got some things cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things get a little hot. Yeah. Cooking <laughs> in the kitchen like a stir fry. Ain't that how Oh, yeah. I remember that song. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it's getting a little hot, you know. It's getting hot in here so and, hot. I am getting so hot. I want to take my clothes off. We definitely have to do like a music episode. Oh, we should. Because <laughs> we sing a lot. <laughs> There's a song for everything. Always. Everything. You're everything to me. You got to dance on that one. Did y'all have a dance? <laughs> we <today>? did it, <laughs> but we did. We sang that song. Yeah. That was the youth choir. Master. 
mean like singing like we've been through some things. Right, right. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started with our homecoming segments, one of our favorites on our show. And this week we are so, so, so excited to highlight Michelle Waller. Quinteria Quinchelle, okay, that's the government. I'm sorry to put you out there like this. <laughs> but I love her name. I remember when we first found out that she was interested in AKA somebody, I don't know if it was when I first met her and she told us what her name was. I don't know, but I've never forgotten it mm-hmm. because it's just, it's it's different. <laughs> Two cues. But Michelle Waller, she did go to the University of Tennessee. She graduated in 2013. And the name of her project that we are highlighting today is called A Radical Relationship. And when we asked her to give us some background about what a radical relationship is, she said that it was first born as a blog in 2015. At the time, she says, I was dating my now ex-husband and really wanted to share about our Christ-centered romantic relationship to inspire people in their walks with Christ. A little over a year ago, that platform evolved into a YouTube channel. The inspiration for the name A Radical Relationship was inspired by her line name, which is Radical. And she says, Janae can actually shed light on why that name was chosen for me. And I could. So Shell is one of my neos. So that's what we named her, Radical. As I thought about both my past and what it was that I wanted to embody in my relationship with Christ in the future, Radical was a perfect name. Naming my platform Radical also continues to motivate me to not give in to fear as well. So while it's out there so that I can inspire others, it is also a sign of perseverance for me. As my social media presence increases and my influence grows, I am hoping to turn the platform into a small life relationship coaching business outside of her nine to five. And she's currently in the works of redesigning her brand and website for a relaunch. So stay tuned. Come on now. Right, right. So Shell, what she on her YouTube, she has a lot of different videos. Like she does different Bible studies. She has mm-hmm. guests on to talk about um, different passages of scripture and just about their life journey it's very inspiring and very quality content so I'm, I'm super proud and so the way that you can find more information and support her is to visit her on instagram and her instagram name is at underscore simply shell her facebook page is called a radical relationship and on youtube it's a radical relationship and her blog is a radical relationship.wordpress.com and we'll put all of that information in the description of our episode so you can see exactly how everything is spelled and when we asked if there was anything else she wanted to share Shell said that her goal is to always be the person that is everybody's homegirl. Her hope is that other women find her relatable. They, they are attracted to her vulnerability and in turn that they feel inspired to further their walks with Christ and start a journey to becoming whole. Aww. Come on, Shell. Right. So I've I've watched a few of her videos. Mm-hmm. Very inspiring. Yes, very, um, very much so. She has a... a an interesting and very inspiring is the word I would use as well testimony so Mm -hmm. shout out to you sis thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being transparent and vulnerable vulnerable enough to you know share your personal journey in hopes that it will help someone else that's that's beautiful to see yes so support her shout out to you we are so proud of you does she have like some merch 
I don't know, but if she doesn't, you need to get some, sis, because mm-hmm. I would definitely wear a shirt. I'm all about some merch. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. You ready to dive in? So you are my dive, I'm about, about to, to dive in. in. Whoa. <laughs> you know how he do. Right. All that hollering. So we are going to talk about somewhat of a heavy topic today. So just prepare your hearts and minds, saints, as we dive in today. So... As many of you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think we are in our second wave, correct? If I'm correct, I, I believe. Think so. Yeah, and so one thing that has been like a constant that I've just con- have been constantly hearing is the amount of deaths that the world has experienced, right? Let alone America. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to talk about death today, not just well, we'll we'll. I'll tell you where I'm going with it, but specifically, how does death impact you as a person outside of this pandemic and COVID? How does it affect you? Tell me more of what you mean. Um, like, okay, so there are people who embrace death because they know that with life comes death that, you know, and then there are some people who just really, really struggle with losing people. So where are you? Great question. You want me to start? I can, I can yeah, leave. So give you time to think because mm-hmm. I did just throw this on you. <laughs> um, I am, I am very understanding that we all will eventually die one day. Sometimes I have time to prepare myself. So normally with like sickness, I have time to prepare myself because you can like slowly see a person fading. And so when I know that, when I feel that, okay, it's coming to a close, I prepare myself for, I prepare myself to comfort others and life after they're gone. Mm -hmm. But if it's very sudden, I'm almost like kind of like shocked. Like what just happened? And then my next question is, God, why this person? Why now? And so I go through this process of just trying to understand the whys mm-hmm. because I know it's supposed to happen, but why now? Why them? And so I handle death pretty well, although I haven't necessarily lost anybody super close. So my perspective may change as life goes on, but I handle it somewhat well. And so I think for me, I think God has not gifted. That's a weird word. God has equipped me to comfort others Mm -hmm. when they experience death. So So my question, and before I give you my answer, just in response to what you said, I think that's noble, first of all. And I think that takes a very strong person to be able to comfort others. But I also think it it is important for the uh, strong friend, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to be comforted. So, where do you find your refuge and your place that you can lay your burdens down and cry? The Lord. Okay. I was like, no, that was a, such a cliche answer. Right. But um, I do. I find my comfort. I think I asked a question to God. No, I think I think years ago I asked God to save this person. And he showed me that death could be a way that I save this person. Mm-hmm. And it, it it may sound weird. I don't know how to explain it. I probably have to like dive into it a little deeper. But I'm learning that death is a form of healing. 
and it is a form of saving somebody as well. And so that's kind of how I kind of get through the process is like, okay, there are multiple ways in which God can save a person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that death could actually be a way that he does it. Right. Or a way that he heals them. Mm -hmm. Because we are made whole once we die, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. It's a good perspective. Uh, For me, I think that it is a combination in that I recognize it's a part of life Mm -hmm. and it's unavoidable. All of us are going to die one day, but it also is not something that I... I don't think I handle it well. And I say that also knowing that I've not experienced a lot of death mm-hmm. myself either. And I'm grateful for that um, as I've gotten a little old, older, especially over the past maybe five or six years, I have had some closer family members die. One of them, my uncle Willie, that's probably the most impactful one to me. And it was just, it was weird. That ex- that whole experience was weird because I, I didn't go to his funeral. Mm-hmm. Because it was during the middle, I was in college and it was the middle of finals and it just, it it didn't, my mama wasn't going for me to come home. Um, But it was hard, you know, it was very hard to just wrap my brain around. And I think part of it too was because I had never experienced it really before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not something that, you know how some people say they, um, Well, I don't even know if I would say some people because I don't know if this would be the majority, but I've heard it before. Like people are uh, embracing of death. They Mm -hmm. look forward to it, you know. Really? Yeah, I've heard that before, especially and kind of similar to what you said, especially like if you're sick or something, Mm -hmm. because the whole idea that you're going to be made better when you get with Jesus and everything like that. And I believe that. But I don't look forward to that day. No. And see, it's crazy because the older I get, I think about death more. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like this, um, I get nervous because it's like you are getting older. I think when I hit 30, it was like, bro, you getting old. Bro, you, but you're not. <laughs> and though, I turned I 30 you. like three weeks ago. Yes. No. <laughs> but it's just one of those things to where I do think about it more. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. Are you getting right with God? Right. You know why you're here? Because, you know, you didn't think about death as much when you were like 18, you know, 19 years old. But now I'm grown, like mm-hmm. I'm grown, grown. And so I do think about it a lot. Yeah. And I I agree with you. I think about it for myself and like, what am I leaving behind? Yeah. What is my legacy? All of that. Do I have life insurance? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I've questions. even thought about, okay. I think the one thing that's been kind of motivating me is like, are you fulfilling your purpose? Mm -hmm. Are you doing what he's called you to do? Don't die empty. Right. You know? And so I'm trying, when I get that fear, I'm like, well, you know, it's going to happen. So are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I talk rough to myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, I think about myself. I think about my parents because I'm like, if I'm 31, but finna be 32, yeah. you know, just supposing that with how old they are. Yes. And it's just, you know, I'm not ready for that, but it's part of life and there's nothing you can do to avoid it. And yeah. so the thing that I try to do is make sure I am living life to the fullest. Yes. And I think that's kind of what shifted in my perspective when I turned 30, like, 
not that you shouldn't care about what other people think of you because you should, your reputation matters and it's important, but you don't have time to be concerned with other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you mind live. my business ministry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I saw this thing too the other day and it was like, you know how we'll say, oh, I'm saving this pair of shoes for a special occasion. Yes. And it's like every day is a special it occasion. Is. Wear the shoes, mm-hmm. eat the cake. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because life is precious and it can be taken too in a moment. Yes. So. But yeah, I um, I don't know. I have like a weird... I don't know. When I think about it, I get like, eh, you know what I'm yeah. So, yeah. So how has it impacted you this year specifically? Like the idea of death this year? Because I think for me, I've thought about it more. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm like, like this could be it. Yeah. You know, there's not a age limit or on, you know, who can die from this disease or when. You know, you could get it today and die from it a month from now. You get what I'm saying? And so it I think it has caused that's also a reason why I think about it more is because of COVID. But it's also made me just be more intentional. Yeah. And, you know, like I talk to my mama almost every day now. And that's not that's not normal. It's become normal. One, because of Carrington, but mm-hmm. two, because I need to check on her and see how she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's made me more grateful, mm-hmm. I think I would say. And also, similar to what I just said, just I, I, I feel like I'm more honest and more blunt than I was before, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't want to <laughs> do not? something. Right, like I just, I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he said something, and I said, no. And he said, why? I, said, I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. And that's, and period, I don't have to keep explaining myself And I'm not to going you. to. I said what I said and <laughs> goodbye. I need that <laughs> on a t-shirt. I mean? Right. So, yeah. So, just very, you know, embracing of life and and what you want to do and the people that you care about. You know what I'm saying? Making sure they know that. Making sure the people that you care about are, are a priority. And just more cognizant of the fact that our life and this breath that we have is precious. Yeah. You know, so value it. So my next question, okay, so who has been the closest person that you've lost? My Uncle Willie. Okay. And mm-hmm. this was last year? No, no, no. This was my senior year okay. of college. So you were close. Uh, you, are your grandparents still alive? No, I didn't have, I only had one grandma going up. Okay, my, my, um, my mother's parents my her dad died before I was born Got it. and then her mom died I think when I was one and so I never mm-hmm. really had a relationship I don't remember her my daddy's daddy died before I was born so growing up it was just my grandma Eula and she died when I was 11 come on Eula Eula Lee <laughs> yeah she died in 2001 and so for the longest time I would have said her because that's I would say also her do you, da- ha- do you remember memories with her yes okay. oh yes yes I loved her but I was young when it happened and so I remember her dying. I remember the day of the funeral, but I don't think I grasped fully mm-hmm. the whole concept of she's really gone. Yeah. But as I got older, I found myself having moments of just missing her and sad, like overwhelmingly sad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Wishing that I would have had, I don't know, like spent more time with yeah. her when I was young. You know what I mean? So were you as close to her as you were to your Uncle Willie? 
No, I wouldn't say. But I think also it's because I had more time with my uncle with me, okay, you okay, know. Okay. And I I was able to get a little bit older, like graduate from high school, go to college. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kind of get into my beginning stages of adulthood and just really have the ability to appreciate him more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were always close. So I was his baby girl. That's what Aww. he would call me. So that's what this necklace is. I've told you that before, no. right? No. Yeah, so this that I, that's why I wear it every day just about. My mama just got this for me. I think last year but this is she got this formed into a nugget it was a necklace that he had yeah. in his car and he had my picture hanging on his Shut necklace up. yeah and so i'm finna cry I we don't move on <laughs> but but yeah that's why i wear this every day i had no idea mm-hmm. I, I know that you wear it a lot because mm-hmm. i see it all the time and i was like maybe it's just cute she thought it was cute but i never yeah. knew like it had like sentimental mm-hmm. value behind it yep i told my mama this is the best gift anybody has ever given me that's all right um but yeah so, so my next question because i'm going somewhere with okay this. so what was life like after uncle willie passed i was sad mm-hmm. for a long time i was mad at my mama for a little she while she didn't let you go yes okay um and i i recognized that you know it was just a body and everything like that but i just felt like i didn't i guess she was i didn't get a chance to say goodbye mm-hmm. you know um, was there a period where you could have went to say goodbye or was it so sudden to where it was, there wasn't a- yeah it was sudden and like I said it was also finals gotcha. and so I would have missed and like had to it was just a lot and so and I recognize why my mama did it and you know in hindsight now I understand and I'm grateful for it but yeah I just I hated that it took me a while to come to terms with that okay so yeah I would say I was sad and and mad but then also Maybe like after two or three years or so, I kind of just made peace with it. Okay. Okay. So we're going to shift a little bit. Well, wait. Okay. What are, what are oh, your wait, answers? Wait. Okay. What did I ask you? Because I'm not, the, I'm not wait, a guest. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to Portia's podcast. Right. <laughs> you asked me first. Um, I don't know if this was first, but one of the questions was, what is your, who, who is someone, the closest person to you that has passed? Yes. And then the follow-up question was, what was life like after they passed? So the one person, I've lost a lot of people, but I think my grandmother, um, Nanny, Nanny. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Nanny passed away my freshman year of college and it wasn't sudden. So in no actually it was november it was actually november the 10th which is my sister's birthday is when my family told me that she had breast cancer mm-hmm. she was in stage four breast cancer and it was like how long y'all didn't know this because why y'all just not telling me you know but yeah. i was away at school and so i spent my christmas break at her house and this is when i realized that i didn't know how to boil eggs Girl, yes, she asked me to cook her breakfast. She How wanted. How old were you, sis? Baby, nine, 18. 18. Okay. <laughs> I could scramble them. I just couldn't boil them. Okay. And so she made, I, you know, I made her breakfast. I took care of her. I was there when she cut all her hair off. Mm-hmm. And like, Nanny, that was, that was my girl. Yeah. Like, I was like her sixth child, mm-hmm. if you ask people. And so I was just walking through that process from a distance. And so. Spring semester went by, you know, I guess she was still going. And so I came home for the summer and we were traveling back and forth to Nashville to see her. And it got to a point to where 
I was listening to like the terminology that the doctors were using and I was like, okay, so I'm researching and I'm doing things and I'm like, okay, stage four is it, you know, that's it. And things were happening that it was kind of like I was, I was researching and then it would happen and I'd be like, okay, you know, so I was preparing myself and I remember she had a seizure while I was at the hospital with her. Mm-hmm. And when she had that seizure, I knew, Yeah, you know, it, it, we coming to the end. And so, dang, I'm finna cry too. I mean, cause... listen, it's a safe, sp- safe place. <laughs> because I've never really talked to anybody mm-hmm. about this. And them feelings come up when they you start do, to talk yeah. about it. They do, yeah. And I just, I just prepared myself because yeah. I knew, like I knew what the, the research was saying. And so I had to shift my focus and start like praying for my mama and my and her siblings because I was like, they're thinking mama gonna be all right, you gonna get yeah. through this. But when they sent her home with hospice, I really knew. Mm-hmm. And I remember the night before she passed, we were in Nashville, um, and my aunt, her last living sister, was in. She was from Illinois. She had come down, and they had just went back. And, um, the night before I just, it was like, I slept like I was at peace, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like the, the calmest sleep I had ever had in a while. Well, not ever had, but I had in a while. And I remember my mama saying like the, the next day she was like, last night, it's like my grandmother was fighting. Like she was like, she was she was fighting and my mama said she told her mama we're gonna be okay Mm -hmm. and it's like she said she took a deep breath Mm. and next morning she was gone yeah and so that's probably the closest person that i have lost and then life after my grandmother has been i think it's been really hard of course for her children because they've had to navigate without mama but i think more so my mother because my mama lost her dad when she was in high school mm-hmm. and she lost her parent as or her mama as well. And so it was like, you know, I don't have anybody. Right. And so for me, my grandmother was a safe space for me because I couldn't really talk to my mama like I could my grandmama, but I could talk to my grandmama and somehow she could talk to my mama. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so um, I, I kept going, but it was it was hard because it was almost like a piece of me was gone. And, but I, I promise you, I spent so much time with her that I, it's like I soaked up everything. Mm -hmm. She loved to read. And so anything that my, if I asked her a question, I knew she had the answer because she was just so smart. And so it was for a while. I was like, dang, you know who I'm going to ask. Don't nobody know this stuff, but my grandma, (laughs) but I just, I I told myself I am going to carry out her legacy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so going to school, finishing school, getting my master's, like those are things that I know my grandmother would be proud of me. Like even on my wedding day, you know, she was on my bouquet Mm -hmm. and it was just like, I keep her with me all the time. That's the reason why I keep my nails done Mm -hmm. because my grandmother told me as a little girl, she said, always make sure your nails are done because you never know whose hand you're going to shake. And I swear by that. Mm -hmm. And so you will either catch me with my nails done or nothing on them at all. It ain't no in between. Mm -hmm. And if I am in an in between, I'm headed to the nail (laughs) shop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah that's so funny because i that's one of the reasons like you will hardly ever catch me without some earrings on mm-hmm. and that's because of my grandma she always i got a picture i'm gonna pull it up and show it to you but she um when she got sick because she had cancer too mm-hmm. and when she was um just sitting at the house you know bedridden and everything like that but there's a picture where she's sitting in her silk pajamas mm-hmm. she got her nails painted yeah. you can look and see her ring yeah and stuff on. and i just i remember that about her and so i just always i will always have some mm-hmm. earrings on at the very minimum yep. my grandmother <laughs> she always wore red nails so when i get my nails painted red i mm-hmm. literally think of her yeah and it but i don't i don't get it done a lot because i feel like i be emotional mm-hmm. at the time but um i remember when she was she like knew she had her outfit laid out she had her pearls because yeah. my grandmother is an aka come on store war. <laughs> <Yes>. okay <laughs> and so she had everything laid out she knew what she wanted and so it was like when when she passed there are funeral regulations so you have to be buried in certain things and mm-hmm. so the outfit just didn't work and mm-hmm. so we were looking and i said nanny i need you to help me pick out your outfit girl and i was in the store i think i was in burlington and i found her a suit and i literally turned around and it was a suit right there yeah and i was like is that what you want like <laughs> i'm talking and that's what she wore and yeah. so yeah it's just it's one of those things. I think life without her has been very hard on my family, but mm-hmm. I believe we are learning to just navigate. Yeah. And I pray for her children because I think for them, they're still hurting, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's the thing, especially when the matriarch of the family yes, dies, yes. it takes a toll. Because I think, and like I said, my grandmother died in 2001, but I know for a fact, and I think my cousins and people would attest to this, but we don't get together as much as mm-hmm. we used to. We don't have family reunions because her house was the, the meeting the spot, place. Mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it does. It takes a toll for sure. Yes. So we're going to shift a little bit. So okay. we are friends, uh-huh. right? Yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about friendship Okay. <laughs> as it relates to death. So, have you experienced, like, a death of a friendship or a death of a relationship? And what what did that look like and what did it look like after the fact? You need to think. No, uh, yes, is my answer. I have experienced several, I think, deaths of relationships. And mm-hmm. when I say relationships, I'm meaning guy relationships but also a few deaths of some friendships and I think overall for both of them it just looks like the time has run out Mm -hmm. you know and we find ourselves and with the guy or with you know some of my girlfriends or even guy friends that I have friendships with like it's forcing trying to force something to work Mm -hmm. so trying to force conversation or you know what I'm saying trying to force a vibe or something that wants that ain't there yeah it's just not there anymore and why are we trying to make something out of nothing you know Mm -hmm. and not to say that that can't be done but sometimes it just ain't nothing left you know and so life after those I think there's a period where it's it's hard Mm -hmm. because it's hard to get used to not talking to a person the way Mm -hmm. that you you used to or um, even if I think of one of my friendships it's not died but it has definitely shifted to Mm -hmm. where we don't talk nearly as much as we did you know maybe five or six years ago but I think you have to approach it with a certain level of maturity and wisdom in knowing that seasons shout out well, to us seasons change yep and it's just part of life and i think sometimes when you're younger 
you have this misconception that everything is going to last forever Ooh. and that's just not true Ooh. it's just not mm-hmm. and I think as you get older you become more and more comfortable with that and more and more appreciative of the time that we did have mm-hmm. you know it was good while it lasted but it, it ain't lasting no more so let's just go on cut ties you know what's crazy I grieve the loss of a friendship or relationship worse than I do like people dying mm-hmm um, I think it's because... Do I have I'll, a booger on my face? No, you don't. <laughs> I feel like I do. <laughs> no, I would have okay. told you, Fred. Okay, thank you. But I, 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 I don't know. I struggle with friendships dying. And I don't know why. Okay, let's talk about okay. it. Okay. Where, where do we go? Why? Why? <laughs> the question But no, why? for real. So, like, what? what is it? Do you... Is it just that you're attached to the friendship so heavily or? I think I go through this rabbit hole of what did I do wrong? Okay. Or why, you know, why did this have to happen? You know, or also like FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, am I missing out? Like, am I the, am I the person? Am I toxic? So it's me that needed to go so that they could prosper. Like I go through all of that and it's like, there's nothing wrong with being toxic. Like, because it happens sometimes Mm -hmm. you know you're the toxic person in the relationship but I don't ever want to be that person right so it's just a lot of things that I go through like struggling with it and you know and then I try to fix it try to fix me and you know so I struggle with like friendships ending yeah but I do know that they are necessary you know it's necessary Mm -hmm. go ahead I think that to your point I think it is important to be honest and do some self-evaluation mm-hmm. and so look and say because there have been times where I can look back and say okay Janae you weren't a great friend yeah. you know what I'm saying you didn't reach out as much it, it was more it was one-sided you know and if this were you and you were the one that was always having to reach out and stuff you would be I'm not doing this you mm-hmm. know what I mean and so I think you have to be honest with yourself and that's important but I think sometimes it wasn't necessarily that either party was toxic or that y'all were bad for each other or anything like that. Sometimes it just was a season, you know? And that's just the reality. So that's something that I would, I guess, encourage you to do. Don't automatically assume that you were wrong or that you did something wrong or that you caused it to end. Yeah. Seasons naturally change. Well, they do. Let me show you something. I wrote this down the other day. Write it down. As a reminder to myself. Here it is. What is that? If the door is closing, don't force it to remain open. The winds shift naturally. Seasons change. And sometimes change means end. Mm. The Mm. Lord had placed that upon my heart. And I wrote it down for me. But... Maybe that's for you, too. Sometimes it, it happens naturally. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Get me together. <laughs> now, as it relates to relationships, I think I go down that same, like, m- with men. I think I, well, not now, but I used to go yeah. down that same rabbit hole of just feeling like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And, you know, what it, you know, the, just the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just letting it be now, now I'm at a place to where, you know, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. You, you learn and yep. you keep going, but I think it, it takes me longer if that makes sense. 
um, with friendships and relationships than it does with like just people passing. Yeah. Anything else, friend? Mm-mm. That was a good I conversation. I don't know. Come on, questions. Okay, come on, Portia's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good topic. What would you say is like a final word of encouragement to our listeners regarding friendships? No, not just friendships. I was about to say friendships that come to an end that mm-hmm. die, but just about death in general. I think we need to have more conversations about it. I think we don't talk about death enough. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to talk, you know, overloaded, but I think it does need to be a conversation because one thing I'm learning is that people don't talk about it. And so people are grieving in silence mm. instead of actually having people to talk to or sitting around, you know, with people who have experienced the same thing and just talking about it, Yeah, you know, and you'll, you'll learn more about the situation, about yourself, about people around you. Like everybody's grieving something Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I just, I think we need to talk about it more. And I like, I, I think when me and Craig, um, we, it was actually our first year of marriage. It was right before I told him I was pregnant. He lost his grandmother and his grandma, grandfather, like in a two months time span, I think. And so he just kept going, you know, he was just going. And I was like, no, we need to sit down and talk about this. Like, I need to know how you're feeling because I don't want you to bottle things up and then you spaz out on me. Right. And then it's going to be a different ball. Because <laughs> I'm a spaz out bag and right. now we got a whole problem. <laughs> exactly. No, but I just, I was like, I need you to know that we can talk about these things right. because it's, it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. It, it's inevitable. And so, and I was like, we got, if we finna do this forever, might as well have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, being married has just forced me to have a lot of hard conversations that you probably wouldn't catch me having on a regular day or before yeah. now. So, yeah, I think one of the reasons that we don't talk about it is because we, it's an uncomfortable topic mm-hmm. and, that, and that's just the bottom line. But I think what you said is completely true. We need to just, it's a part of life, literally. And I think we do ourselves a disservice to have this mindset that people are going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. No, That's not how life works. And so I think too, part of it, part of why situations become uncomfortable, our conversations rather become uncomfortable is because you feel like you have to have the right responses. And I have to have something Mm -hmm. to say back. And that's not always true. Sometimes all you need is just, just listen mm-hmm. and and say I don't know what to say I don't know what yeah I'm here but I'm here you know so yes. yeah mm-hmm. I feel you that's good that's a good that was a good question hmm. all right we're moving on and we're moving to salt or sugar somebody's a little salty <laughs> <laughs> I'm not for real I mean it's a little it's a little salt but not a whole lot just a little um bad. so it's this whole thing of just simply spelling names correctly mm-hmm. that's just it and I just don't understand personally like if I send you an email mm-hmm. right and you can see a couple of different places within the email where my name is spelled correctly in the signature you see it in, in the, the email the itself. email address itself mm-hmm. you know because it will say sometimes it might just say my email but especially if it's like an internal work mm-hmm. thing it says janae peterson mm-hmm. spelled j-a-n-e-a and so i just don't understand why people will then respond to you 
right? Mm-hmm. And they spelled it wrong. It was right there. I should start sending you like when people spell my name wrong in emails. Yeah. You that should. somebody like somebody just to, in the previous email you see it spelled correctly it's right there mm-hmm. so that's all i just don't like it it happened to me it happens to me often and i correct it because mm-hmm. it's important to me spell my name right yes <laughs> i think that's something that black girls struggle with is people always mispronouncing yes. and misspelling our names and the problem that i have is that it's not mispronouncing because it's so difficult there are some names that are different mm-hmm. but if you just take a few seconds i don't care if it's three or four syllables if you just take a few seconds mm-hmm. you can sound that thing out we had to do that when we was in elementary school this is true. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you just are too lazy mm-hmm. to do it Why and it's I? not important enough to you you know when when i first uh started working with children i I would make it my business to like, especially like the children that were like born in Africa mm-hmm. and they had, you know, those long lengthy names, but you know, you got to learn how to pronounce it. I would make it my business to, to try to get it right. Yes. And after I give myself a while, I would get it, mm-hmm. you know, because I actually put forth effort yes. to learn. So we have two little girls at my school and I have, I actually have never tried to say their last name. But I've made it my business to learn their first names mm-hmm. and how to pronounce it correctly. Right. Yes. And I love that a lot of teachers are doing that. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate teachers for actually, you know, learning how to say their names. Yes. Because I, to me, it's uh, the, the most simplest form of respect yeah. that I can give you just human to human. Mm-hmm. What is your name? And let me make an effort to say it correctly. Mm-hmm. And if I mispronounce it, correct me. Tell mm-hmm. me how to say it. But like I said, if you make an effort, it's not going to take you long to get True. it. True. Because it's so just yours is more so. Together. So yours is spelling it wrong. That's is it what pronouncing happens most it too? commonly. Yes, people mispronounce it often. How? <laughs> right, because it's two syllables. Yeah. Do you? Would you? Could you put <laughs> like in how? your signature like? In parentheses, the correct pronunciation. Like I know you can I on could. your LinkedIn profile. You can actually mm-hmm. like sound it out for yeah. people. I could. I could do that. Now I might add that actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all. I just, I hate that, man. And I just want us to be a little bit more uh, intelligent mm-hmm. <laughs> and just have a little bit more try within ourselves mm-hmm. because it's right there. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was like, you could look and see. But also if you that. don't know, ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you do. I get people that I, I know people that do me like that. They be like, "How do you Porsche?" That's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is. I just wanted to be sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So that's it. That's all. Okay. Well, moving on. And on. we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> it is the eleventh hour. Dun, 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 dun. At four o'clock p.m. Huh? <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Somebody has a word. Huh? Is it you? Is it you? <laughs> did y'all have a dance to that? We one? did. Yeah, we did. We did so. <laughs> Better set the atmosphere. So this quote, and we don't really know where this is gonna go, but we thought it was an interesting quote. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought Just it was, it and then I told Portia, and she was like, "Yeah." The quote is: "The difference between a good medicine and a poison is the dosage." This was said by Laura Huxley. I'll say it again. The difference between a good medicine and a poison is the dosage. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think about that, Portia? I think it's very deep because good medicine can become poison Mm -hmm. depending on the dosage. So something can be good for you, but too much of it can become poison. Yeah, too much of a good thing can harm you, Mm -hmm. even if it is a good thing. Amen. So how do you... Okay, here's the question. How do you make sure that your dosage is correct? Ooh, well, what did the doctor order? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You know, like we try to do stuff, you know, well, I don't feel nothing. Well, this is what the doctor said. Mm -hmm. And he's skilled. He knows this. And I ain't talking. Who is the doctor? Well, he's the good doctor. Is it Sunday? (laughs) It is. It is Sunday. (laughs) And I didn't go to church today. Let's have it right now. (laughs) But no, he is an expert in this field. He's learned your body. He's learned how you will react to this. Yes. And so he knows Uh this is what you need. Well. Now, if you take too much. Yes. Things could go left. (laughs) Preach, Portia. So you might want to be obedient. Uh Uh-huh. That's what be obedient. to the prescription. That's well, good. Well, <laughs> my cash app is uh dollar sign Portia Pickett. P O R S C H I A P I C K E T T. Two T's. Now that's really good. The way that you know the correct dosage is to pay attention to what the doctor orders. I do never what go over said. what the doctor tells mm-hmm. me. Mm-mm. That's good. Because you know what? I have gone over before. And what happened? Baby, I was on the floor. Listen, sick. <laughs> sick. Yes. Poisonous. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. So I think that was a very good quote. I didn't mean to churchy it up. But Listen, I'm here for it. Mm. So here's my next question. Why do you think we are so quick to ignore the prescription? Because we think we know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why are we so quick to ignore the prescription? Right. Because it's right there for mm-hmm. us. Plainly written. Mm-hmm. Take whatever amount, however many times per day. But we see that we have these instructions and instead of simply following them, we choose to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at it, it's very illogical. Mm-hmm. So why do we do that? Because we're humans mm-hmm. and sometimes our flesh gets the best of us. Like I think about people who are prescribed these um, like uh, hydrocodons and stuff. Mm-hmm. You 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 take it, you feel good, you know, it, it numbs the pain, you, you whatever. But then it's like take one per day. But what if I want to feel like I want to keep this feeling? And so it's like, well, I'm going to just take another one and then another one. And then it turns into an addiction. Mm-hmm. When if you were just obedient in the first place and doing what they told you to do, you wouldn't be addicted to opioids or whatever. I just said two different drugs, but you, you <laughs> see where I'm point. going. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, too, sometimes we think we know better. Yeah. Than the doctor. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that just doesn't make sense because you're not the doctor. <laughs> you know, that would be as if I go to the hospital and say, oh, well, let me just operate on myself. Right. I ain't been to nobody's medical school, mm-hmm. you know, don't can't name all the organs in my body, but mm-hmm. I'm going to perform this procedure mm-hmm. myself. Nope. It doesn't make sense when there's someone who is skilled in this mm-hmm. particular thing. So the point we're trying to make here is, number one. 
I think it's important to have balance and be aware that medicine, a good medicine, something that was meant to heal you can become harmful Mm -hmm. if you take too much of it. And then second, the way to make sure your dosage is correct Mm-hmm. is to ask the doctor mm-hmm. real simple and we're not Straight talking like about that. like a prescription like we're talking about like practical things mm-hmm. you need to go to the father in prayer <laughs> our father which from art in heaven. heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come <laughs> thy will be done on earth That's as it is. is huh in heaven mm-hmm. yes. give us this day well okay all right we done we done we done but not for real Take no, it to but the Lord still, and, it, and it's all about balance too. Just be balanced, y'all. Do what you're supposed to do. Do mm-hmm. right, and it's really simple. It's it simple is. as that. It do is. right. All right, cuz that's all I have. You have preached a word, and I think it is here at this point that we open the doors of the church and give the benediction and go on about our day. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. We I would love you. to know your guys, your guys, you guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thoughts on this topic and what you gathered from it um, as it relates to just death in general, but also death of friendships and relationships. Send us your thoughts. We want to know what the people are thinking. Absolutely. We're interested to hear. So yes, drop us a line. You can reach us on social media, on Facebook. We are Seasons Podcast. And on Instagram, we are at Seasons Pod. And we would love for you to comment, like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Thank you for your support. We love you. We hope you have an amazing week. And we'll see you next time around. May the Lord God bless you real good. (laughs) Bye.